Hey guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It is your Thursday, September 29th episode. This is your Thursdays with Jordan, which I'm pumped to have Jordan Zerm join us again. I think he does a great job. I think that's why this little uh, crossover we do every week is a great little look around the league, look forward at the next opponent, all of that fun stuff tied into one. So excited to bring Jordan into the show as usual. What's up, man? How are you? Jake, I'm good, man. Um, yeah, we were just discussing. I've got a I've got a nice Cleveland trip coming up, so I can my Midwestern roots are tingling. I can feel, yeah, I can feel the fall the fall winds, even though they're still thousands of miles away from me. I can feel it. So you know, I'm in a I'm in a great mood to talk Browns, to talk Cleveland stuff because I, you know, I'll be coming back, getting my feet on the ground for a bit. So uh, I'm in a in a in a Cleveland mood today. So looking looking forward to to getting back to the Midwest in, in the prime of fall, my favorite time of year. Yeah. I think you can only be gone for so long, right? Like you gotta, you gotta just, you just gotta, gotta renew your vows almost with, with you do, Cleveland. man, you leave. you leave for too long. You lose the essence after a bit. So um, yeah, get your butt back to Cleveland. We'll look forward to seeing some, uh, some coverage of yourself arriving back in the homeland. But uh, <laughs> until then I, I want to give you the opportunity I always do, which is, the Browns go to two and one. I know it's it's longer than we usually take here because these games are usually on a Sunday. But uh, nonetheless, I, I do want uh, to to see if you had any uh, thoughts to put on about what happened Thursday night. And I guess we should we should too give you a chance to talk about the Miles situation because today was kind of weird, man. Where I guess WKYC did some research and found that he's had some speeding tickets, and a couple of them are up over a hundred miles per. I'm looking. I don't, Speeding tickets are kind of whatever, you know, I mean, everybody gets them. I have, I've been on a good, listen, Jordan, I've been on a good streak, man. I have not had a speeding ticket in like four years. I've set a personal record. I was on like an every two years type of thing here, but I'm on a good, I'm, I mean, you guys could hear that. I knocked on wood. Yeah, don't, so, uh, don't think yourself on this pod. <laughs> I'm good here. But like, I, I mean, I guess the thing though, when you look at that uh, scenario with miles is there's a run in where he has two over 100 mile per hour tickets in a 24 hour period. And like, you know, whatever, cool. Everyone drives their own way, but obviously this is a little bit of a concern, right? I mean, that's, that's a lot of, it's a lot of speed, man. You got a lot of nice cars and it's just a, it's a, it's a risk on a human that maybe uh, I think the Browns would say we we've invested a lot in you and maybe he should just get like a Nissan Altima or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> so flat, the platform's yours. Talk about it if you want. Yeah, no, we can definitely touch on Miles. I mean, you and I were texting the day that it happened, you know, the pictures of the car that eventually kind of came out to were just really, you know, really scary to look at. I mean, anytime you hear about a car flipping, um, you just are amazed that anybody ever walks away, you know, really not that Miles was unscathed, but like, you know, what could have been much, much worse. I, I don't know what it is with athletes and fast cars. You know, that has just always been a... I mean, obviously, they have the the type of money to afford it, um, and it, it's a part of the sort of sport, sports culture. But you know, we've just the extreme. Obviously, Jake is you know what happened with like Henry Ruggs and and all that type of thing. And you just you know not saying that like Miles speeding is is equating to you know something like that, but um, you just always think about that type of thing and and how it can there's really no good that can come of it, I guess, other than, you know, you're thrill seeking, you've got a nice car, you've got a Porsche, you've got a Lambo, you've got whatever it is, you're going zero to 60. And, but man, like the, the chance that something like that is going to happen is just so much higher when you're at that type of speed, you know, like the percentages just fly up and it just is like, 
Yeah, I mean, it's really scary. I mean, he, I, I feel like he's probably very lucky to have escaped that um, with sort of quote unquote minor injuries that he had, you know, like to, to the point where like, it seems like he still is, is doing his, his damnedest to try and get on the field on Sunday, which is, you know, um, which is wild after you saw what that, that car looked like. So it is, I mean, it's just a part of the culture and like guys, you know, they love their cars, spend their money on cars and that's all, that's all great. But I think like there's gotta be a point where, yeah, you just got to think about what you're doing. Cause you know, it's, it's affected too many athletes. I think the, the speeding, um, especially like late at night, especially when after guys have been drinking and obviously that wasn't, you know, thankfully that wasn't any of the case with miles whatsoever. And it was kind of in the middle of the day, but like, man, yeah, it's just scary stuff. So I'm glad miles is okay, but you hope this is one of these things where it's, it's a bit of a, the cliche, the little bit of a wake up call though, because you're just like, Hey man, you don't need to be doing all this, man. Like there's, you know, there's just no reason for it. I know you got this nice Porsche and you know, you've got the vanity plate on there, but you know, you can maybe yeah, take it down 15, 20 miles and, and we'll be good there. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm glad he's okay, but it is an unfortunate sort of thing that comes with, with athletes and a lot of money. It seems like is, you know, they love, they love the fast cars. Um, they do. Hey, but like, yeah, hey man, get in the cord. Like, just yeah, get a fuel efficient. Get fuel efficient. Get an electric. You know, come on now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, again, I'm not here to like high and mighty. I mean, every I've got plenty of speeding tickets sure. and all that stuff. Just uh, maybe not hitting a hundred. You know, get an eighty. And that was a narrow. Time. That was a narrow road too, man. You know, like it's one thing to do it on a six lane highway. You know, where you've got yeah. a little bit of space. The, those roads out in yeah, suburban Ohio, or as as everybody listening to this pod that lived anywhere, you know, kind of in the quote unquote like you know country of Ohio knows, like those roads get real narrow and they get real windy. So you got it. It's just a it's a dangerous place to do it. It is, man. It is. But like you said, glad he's okay. Um, yep. You know, nothing, nothing, all too serious comes of it. Is is uh is a great is a great end game uh, for for a. Uh, pretty serious thing that happened there. So, uh, yeah, but anything on the, the, the Pittsburgh game, I mean, it was a huge win. They needed that win and you're, you're yeah. feeling pretty good now. I know we're hell we're recording this a week later, but, but nonetheless it is, uh, I would hate to have thought about where sort of the, the chatter around the franchise would be right now if they had lost that one, you know? Yeah, it would, no, it would, we would not be feeling great about ourselves. I think coming off, you know, what happened in that Jets game. Um, I, I think really the only thing I wanted to touch on is, you know, beyond how well, I mean, one, it's just like Jacoby Brissett is playing so far beyond my expectations for him. I was pretty, I was pretty low on him, especially, you know, with the signing. And then, I mean, when it became clear that he was going to start a handful of games and then sort of just that really kind of deflating preseason appearance and you just weren't sure what was going to happen. I mean, he is, he has run Stefanski's offense about as efficiently you know, with his abilities as he, he can. And I think it's just a testament to my bigger takeaway is, you know, there was a lot of frustrations last season, obviously, but I, I think it's pretty safe to say that Kevin Stefanski was, was not, was not the one holding the offense back. You know, it became a, it became a thing where it was like, you know, everybody just, the offense wasn't performing for reasons that were not really Kevin Spancy's fault. You and I have talked about, yeah, there were probably some things he, he could have done a little bit better play calling wise, but like you're seeing what a, even a, you know, a, a average to slightly above average quarterback, which I think it's fair to call Jacoby Brissett and, and what he's done over his career. 
Um, but a guy that is smart, a guy that isn't going to turn the ball over, and a guy that you know now is you can see him really having much more confidence in the offense. He's developed a really nice rapport with with Amari Cooper. Feels like he knows what he's doing, and like I mean, he was just you know ruthlessly efficient um, against the Steelers and and even against the Jets. So, and a lot of that is just due to the you know Kevin's offense and how easy he makes it for the quarterback. And if if you aren't trying to do too much and you're accurate with the ball. Like what you know, what this offense can be with with just a guy like Jacoby, and and so you and I have touched on like how exciting that is, you know, for when they get you know what a lot of people feel like and what we feel like is a top you know five, top seven quarterback in Deshaun like running this offense, and I, I just think it's a testament to what to what Kevin does, his designs, how he gets people open, um, how he sort of marries the run game with the pet, with the play action stuff, like. You know, it was never a doubt in my mind, but I I hope that people that sort of went a little over the edge with Stefanski last season because we were all frustrated um, can see, you know, man, if they, you know, Jake, they had Jacoby under center last season and, and they're probably in the playoffs because this is what it would look like. Um, and I think you're seeing Baker, you know, have some of the exact same struggles in Carolina as he as he had here. And um, Jacoby's playing really, really well. and and. I mean, credit to Jacoby for sure. I think he's been awesome. Um, it's clear the locker room loves him and, and everything all the coach, past coaches have said about him is uh, rings like very true. Seems like an incredible guy just in general, and he's playing great. But, man, I think Stefanski's design and, and just, you know, what, what he's doing from an offensive perspective should not be overlooked. So that, that was, that's kind of my biggest takeaway right now. Yeah, that takeaway is going to build into what we're going to talk about next, uh, which is a little game I'm, I'm going to throw at you. We didn't prepare for this game, so you just you just be ready. Oh, I think it's a good one. I'm ready. So, I'm ready to um, go. We're, we, he's ready. We're all ready. We're going to take a quick break, word from our sponsors, and then we will return with the launch of, uh, I think this could be a thing. I don't know where this is going. Could be a thing for, for the future of these shows, but uh, we'll, we'll be right back. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250k in cash alone. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb your leaderboard for a shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, even those over/unders or individual player matchups across. Every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up with this promo code, which is very simply for the fans of this podcast, OBR. Use that promo code OBR at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store and get a first deposit match up to $25. So again, promo code OBR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Again, that promo code, OBR, nohouseadvantage.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so what I want to do is take a look at a trend, Jordan, and I want to give you a trend around the NFL, and you tell me whether it's going to be sustained or not sustained. It's probably just a good early season one because we talk about sample size all the time and uh, whether these sample sizes continue on the track that they're going or whether there's uh, whether there's a different a different path that's going to be carved. So I'll give you one. You tell me your opinion, uh, short and sweet, whether you think this thing is going to continue the direction it's going or it's going to change. We'll start with what you just said. The Browns offense, is it going to continue the way we're seeing it right now? I mean, is it going to continue to be maybe not? Okay, let's put it this way. Is it going to be with Jacoby's tenure, a top 10 EPA? They're top three EPA per play right now. Is it going to be top 10 through the the course of uh, you know these 11 games? Um, I am going to say, uh, yes, I'm going to say it's sustainable. I, I think it is, like I mentioned sort of in the opening, I just think we've seen, there's a track record of Kevin making his offense easy for his quarterback. Um, you know, and I think where it goes, uh, you know, it, it would be one thing if Jacoby starts turning the ball over, um, or throwing interceptions and his accuracy goes down, but I, I just think he's really got a handle on, on what he wants to do. And I think Kevin has a good feel for Jacoby now and, um, I think they're going to be really efficient. Now that may not end up in them winning, you know, a ton of more games than we expect just because, you know, even in these wins against the, um, well, I almost said even in the wins against the, the Jets and the Steelers, which, you know, that would have been an unfortunate, it should have been, uh, been a win, feels like a win. Um, but just offensively, like, you know, th- they were still close games despite how well Jacoby was playing because it's just, you know, it is kind of like, ball control um they're not going to have a ton of possessions they're not going to have a ton of plays um they're going to wind the clock down with the run when they're ahead that type of thing but um i do think they will be able to sustain it so i'm saying yes jake i'm going to say it's going to be a top 10 offense uh in epa per play um for for jacoby's tenure yeah i talked about that a little bit yesterday with jared mueller kind of how you're how you're sort of painting the picture of where these guys are going because it's three games and trends. It's easy to look at three games, which is not even quite a quarter of the season yet and and take a bunch of either confirming your priors, right. Or, uh, you know, kind of uh, taking away from that and uh, doing the flip side of that, which is always dangerous in three games. So there's always trends that, that break. And that's kind of what I want to hit on here. The next one is going to be um, at least to me as a team that is, is sort of really fascinating uh, is the Chiefs. I, I, are the Chiefs going to be a team that I think we all expect them to be really good, but they have this sort of infighting thing that continues to pop up with the enemy. So I guess is it, are the Chiefs going to continue to be up and down or do you think they, they, they sort of find a way to push themselves? Because that's what the NFL is so weird. You have these presumptions that teams are going to be really good, right? Or and, and there's no in-between. Like, you know, there's no letdown to that to that really good uh, really good sort of, uh, you know, like you never predict the Chiefs to go to Indy and lose the way Indy starts the season. And the NFL is just kind of weird like that. And that's why people keep watching. I think I saw Jordan that the NFL has its best viewership start since 2016. 
So, um, you know, wow. that's interesting uh, that the, the, they're, they're continuing to grow the audience. But nonetheless, um, like the Chiefs, are they sort of a middle of the road AFC team now? Or do you think they're still the trend uh, is, is still going to continue to go up for them as they get used to some of these guys? Because they've, they've just looked a little more human than they uh, usually have. Yeah, um, I think I think the trend for them is like I still think they're going to be a very good football team. So I, I, I'll put them above middle of the road. I think they're still one of the you know four, three four best teams uh, in the AFC just because of you know Patrick Mahomes and what he can do and and Andy Reid and his sort of you know similar to to Kevin like just a, a really good at designing offense and plays. But I I do think their ceiling is lower with without Tyreek. Um, because the guys that they you know outside of Travis Kelsey, the guys that they are sort of you know, using to try and make up for, you know, the targets and the yardage that, that Tyreek was providing them are just guys that like, you know, Juju is not really a big time receiver anymore and he comes and goes and he's kind of like a possession guy. And um, like Marquez Valdez Scantling doesn't do a ton for me. He's, a, he's fine, you know? Um, and then, you know, I'll tell you what, man, that's that first year from Juju. I thought that guy was going to be, among the best Man. in the league. Like I, I, I think a lot I, of people I, did. Yeah. I, I, I think obviously we all, Antonio Brown took a lot of attention from coverages and jump. But yeah. I, I would have thought his career was like skyrocketing. I was pretty amazed yeah. by the outcome we're at right now, but to your point. It's yeah, it's wild. Um, and you know, they still are not a great, you know, they don't run the ball particularly great. They, you know, they just rely on the design and, and Mahomes to do a lot. And like he can, he can carry that burden and he's a great quarterback. I mean, I watched, I watched a good amount of that, that Colts, um, that Colts chiefs game. And I, I, I think the Colts first touchdown um, in the first quarter, you know, he, he threw two absolute dimes to Travis Kelsey, uh, one for a big game and then one for a touchdown. And you were like, yeah, there they go. They're, they're on their way. And then things just kind of stalled out the rest of the game. So um, I, I think they'll be fine. And I do think they have like, you know, obviously just mentioned all the new receivers that they have and, and how they're trying to adjust without Tyreek. And I think they'll be okay. But I do think like, this was always my thing when Tyreek left. It's like the ceiling, I think just, just drops because he was a guy where when you have nothing going on on offense and you're struggling, you know, that everybody has a joke, but just like F it, Tyreek is down there somewhere. Like, you know, it's like that mm-hmm. throw that he made in the playoffs against the, against the Browns where he just, lofted it to Tyreek on a, on a broken play where it looked like he was about to get sacked and it changed the entire game. So, um, or I'm sorry, not the playoffs. Was, was that their, was that their opener or was that the playoff game? I can't even remember, but anyway, the opener, but I, I think it was the too. opener. I no, I think you're right. Um, I think it was the opener the following season. So, um, so yeah, it, it was just the type of thing that you could do uh, with Tyreek because of his speed and how unique he was. And they just don't really have a guy like that anymore. And I, I you know, there's no way that doesn't affect the offense. So um, they'll be good, Jake. So I'm, I'm going like, they'll still be the class of the AFC, but I, I don't know. The playoffs might be a different story. We'll see what happens there. Cause I think the ceiling just drops a bit. Yeah. I think that's a, a pretty fair way to put it. The ceiling is lower and they're, they're just less scary in general with, without Tyreek. Yep. I think that's, something that really can't be argued. They're, they're just less scary. They were as scary as any team we've ever seen before. And now it's like, eh, you know, they can cover these guys. They can't really run the football the way they'd like to run the football. So um, anyway, let's, uh, let's continue on this trend of teams that are looking up Miami, right? Like, you know, this team is three and O are they worthy of, of being among the NFL's best or, or are they, going to have a fall from grace tough trip to cincinnati here on you're listening to this on thursday they go there tonight 
tough trip yeah. off of a uh, short week and a grueling. What a weird game, man. If you look at the stats from that game, Buffalo runs 90 plays. They only turn the football over once, run 90 plays to Miami's 39 and lose, 21-19. Really, really weird game. One of the weirder box scores we'll see in the NFL this year, if you ask me. So, um, yeah, I was curious your thought on that one, uh, whether Miami is a legit contender people are trying to make them out to be or if there's going to be some issues coming up along the way. Yeah, it was it was a very weird game, uh, you know, and, you know, Tua, the whole thing with, like, it was Tua concussed, like, what happened? Teddy Bridgewater came in, Tua's going to play on third, so just a lot kind of going on. I think they're going to have some issues um, as teams get used to them, I think. Now, I am a huge Mike McDaniel believer slash fan, so I mm-hmm. think they have that going for them. Um, obviously, I mean, I think, Jake, they probably have one of the better wide receiver tandems in the league now with Jalen Waddle and excuse me, and, and Tyreek, I mean, those guys, the, the combined speed of those guys is astronomical. So I, they're, they're going to, they have a good team. I just don't know if it's quite to the level of um, what it's being made out to be. And I also just like, I, I don't know about Tua. Now, to be fair, I haven't watched, that was probably the most I watched of him this season was that game last week. But I just don't know if he's he's a guy yet that you can like just feel super confident about week to week. Mm-hmm. I think there's still some inconsistencies there, and I think I saw like their secondary and their defense has struggled a bit. Um, I think their secondary is one of in the bottom half of the league. I think they've struggled against the pass. Um, so you know, and Miami is a, a team that we've thought about sort of like defensively for these last few years as their offense really really struggled, and I, and I think their defense is off to a bit of a slow start. So I'm. I think I'd be a little cautious and pump the brakes a little bit on, on the Miami hype. I, I get it, you know, and it's fun. We actually have a coworker at Sporting News who um, is from Miami, and, and she's, like, over the moon about this start because they just don't have, you know, it's been a long time um, since a team has looked like this. So I totally get it, uh, and that's fun, and I hope they continue on. But um, I, I do think we're going to see – I think there might be some regression um, as they as teams get used to what they're trying to do and defenses adjust. So I would pump the brakes slightly on that. Okay. Quickly, we'll go rapid fire here. Bills two and one still among the elite Uh, weird game, but how, how much trust do you have in the bills? I trust them a lot. I think, I think the injuries are tough, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That sucks. Like Micah Hyde that, you know, just brutal for them. So I think that changes it a little bit, but I still think, I mean, I think they set a record for cramps in that game against Miami. <laughs> so I, I, I have never seen more players cramping up than I did in that game combined. So I'm still, I'm still very high on the Bills train. I'm still very high on Josh Allen uh, being an MVP candidate and all that. So I'm, I'm in. I'm still very in on the Bills. Okay. Um, you have next Eagles three and zero. Are you all in on the Eagles? You believe in this Jalen Hurts experiment? You think they're ready to pay, take that? I mean, take that step toward a Super Bowl. You know what? I think I am all in on the Eagles. Now, part of this is because, like, I think they're just fun. Like, I I love how Jalen Hurts plays. I love, like, A.J. Brown is just a, a dude. And then you forget that they have Devonta Smith, who went for, like, I don't know, like 160 yards receiving last week or something. Like, I mean, they've got dudes, Jake. They've got some dudes. Their defense is playing out of its mind. And they're just, I don't know, it just is a really fun – it's just, like, a fun team. The makeup of the team I like a lot. So – I'm going to go all in on the Eagles, mostly because of the vibes. You know, this is a this is a vibes type of selection, um, but I do think they're legitimately good. And I I, I like that Jalen took this big step, at least so far, because um, there were some legitimate questions about him, I think. But I, I like that, like, I just like him. So I'm happy that he's playing well. Um, 
you know, they gave him some weapons. The AJ Brown was a huge signing or a huge trade, I should say. And I don't know if we're like, I don't know if that got focused quite enough on over the off season. And he's just been, I mean, I think he has one of the highest um, target shares of, of any wide receiver through three weeks um, in the NFL. Like Jalen loves throwing to him. So that's a dude, man. They, they got some dudes on that team. Shout out Jason Kelsey too, Cleveland Heights native. So I'm, I'm in on the Eagles. Um, Russell Wilson washed. <laughs> Dude, I gotta say, if you guys have not oh, seen man. that, that I had to. I'm telling you, I'm sitting in my office at my house and I'm dying laughing. I, I can't. I still, you and I have had this conversation about him. I still cannot tell if he's if he's if he's doing a bit. I cannot tell if he's doing a bit or not. And that I don't know if it was a subway ad or it what. Was a subway commercial. Yep, bro. I'm telling you, I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard and i and i i I want him to still be good but i really think he might he might be in a bad spot like he just i don't his game was never going to age very well because it was a lot of freelance creativity and um i i they just signed him to seven years and i think it was a fair question that people have asked of like man i think if the browns made that trade you'd feel really bad about where this is going but yeah. I just I, I don't know. I guess is he washed or not? And I cannot tell people enough to go watch that video because God, it was so funny. It was so it's, funny. Somebody made an edit to that commercial where they're like zooming in on his face in between. Like they just made this very like edit where it's even stranger. I don't know, man. I think I we said this on one of the pods, but like I truly think he he is an algorithm that came to life. Like somebody plugged in some some data and some human characteristics into a machine and it and it just popped out Russell Wilson and, but they got some weird stuff wrong. Like it's out of control. Um, I don't know if I, I will go all the way and say he's completely washed, but I think you put it perfectly. He's in a bad spot. Like not only has his game obviously regressed, but like he just is in whatever is going on with, with Hackett and that offense. It's just, it's hard, man. That game on Sunday night was maybe one of the worst <laughs> it is tough to watch man and he's like he's missing high on a lot of throws and like it was also weird because you know they had that drive that basically got them the, the go-ahead score and, and they hung on to win and like Chris Collinsworth is like oh there's vintage Russell Wilson and they're asking him not to run anymore and it's like why and you know he like gave a post-game interview to I think it was Lisa Salters and he's like yeah you know I had to run a little bit like it's this thing they're like asking him not to do when that's like half of the reason he's so good. It's just, it's really, all of it's confounding to me, Jake. And I, if I were a Broncos fan, yeah, I would be panicking. I'd be like, what is this? You know, cause they also have- the run pass video, which is utterly hilarious. <laughs> have you seen that one too? Oh, absolutely. Oh I'm, my God. I will take any Russell Wilson content I can get. The run pass stuff, which if you're not familiar, I'm sure most of you are who pay attention to football, but when you're on the sideline, your defense is playing, you're taught from a very young age to help them out by yelling runner pass. And it kind of fades as you get older a little bit. I mean, it still happened for me in small school college football, but I just, the way he was so into that um, element of the game. And I, I, again, I see so many things from him. I know a lot of people are like, this is cringeworthy. And it is. I just, I, I don't know, man. I was laughing while you were talking to mute myself because that video of him with the, you ever done something dangerous? And it's like, I just, I think it's the funniest thing maybe I've ever seen. And I, I, I just wish he was in on it. If he was in on it, I'd feel so much better. But um, uh, yeah, you know, it's, Russ. um. Long anyway, Russ. Russ, yeah. Russ is, 
Russ is all, I'll say he's almost washed, but I think like this Denver offense is not going to do him any favors either. Yeah. So it's just, it's a bad marriage, man. It's a, it's a bad marriage. We need more sample size from Russ and before we truly declare he's washed, I'm with you. Okay. Another one, Jaguars. Are these guys the real deal? Is it too early? Then it's, it's like, let's pump the brakes on them a little bit, but they've got some impressive stuff here that, that commanders lost week one is kind of glaring, but they've there, they maybe seem to have turned a corner here. It's nice to get a professional coach in there and Doug Peterson, right? It's yeah. kind of paying off. <laughs> it's, it's nice to not have urban Meyer coaching your football team. I mean, unreal. I um I'm high on the Jaguars because I think like, I think Trevor Lawrence is, is a dude. I'm putting him in the dude category along with Jalen hurts and some others. Like I think everybody like knew coming out of Clemson, he was going to be very good. And then, you know, they were like, here's urban Meyer. And you're yeah. like, well, so, like, I really think you can throw out a ton of what happened last season. I really do. Just because they, you know, the more you heard about what was going on in that locker room and that coaching staff, you're just like, how could anyone perform at all? How could you have even anything resembling a competent NFL team uh, under Urban and what was going on there? So, yeah, I mean, he went from Urban to, you know, one of the better offensive minds in the game, Doug Peterson. So I am very, I'm very high on the Jaguars, especially, you know, with um with Trevor Lawrence and like James Robinson just like came back from the injury and is playing really well like he's already like Travis Etienne doesn't really you know get very many carries anymore they're just like James Robinson is full go um really cool story with him but yeah man I mean like they're they're kind of balling you know they got made fun of for giving Christian Kirk all that money and like you know they their offense is kind of it's humming it reminds right now, me of, so, uh, It reminds me of Trey Hendrickson. People were kind of laughing that the Bengals gave yep. Trey Hendrickson all this money last year, and then look what he's doing. It's the same thing. You know, it's fascinating to me that you, some people will mock these deals, and it's like, well, maybe they hit them, right? And it's like, that seems to be what's happening out there. Um, let's uh, Bears 2-1, and one, uh, the worst 2-1 and one team ever. Are your thoughts on this? <laughs> Man, I'm just going to say, Jake, I'm going to be really depressed if Justin Fields isn't it. Because I... It's dangerous. He's I, under 300 yards in three games. It's it's not looking it's, good. It's brutal. And now, like, they don't really – I mean, not like Eberflus is some, like, offensive genius, but you don't really have the, the Matt Nagy thing to fall back on anymore. Um, and I – you know, there's a couple guys that um, – well, what, like Robert Mays, who writes for The Athletic, is a big Bears fan, so I see a lot of his Justin Field stuff. And he was – I was listening to him on a pod, and he was like, I – I'm starting to get worried that he may mm-hmm. not have it. Um, mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's just like one. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> throwing for like 70 yards a game. And two, it just seems like he's, he's like trigger shy too. Like he's not making easy throws that are there. So he can kind of like scramble out and do other stuff. And like, listen, he's still so young, but um, I don't know, man, the bears, the Bears and Justin don't inspire a lot of confidence, and I will be—I'm going to be bummed out if he doesn't work out because, like, I loved him at Ohio State, and I was thrilled like the Bears actually made a move up to like secure a what I thought was a good quarterback. But um, the people I know that that watch the Bears much more closely than I um, seem to be hitting a bit of a panic button, and so that's not a great sign. So, yeah, man, they might be—they should not have it. They should have their winning record taken away from them. I think it's got they should it should like Goodell should just be like I'm flipping it I'm sorry you guys are one and two <laughs> yeah they, they they're literally one of the worst I've, I've ever seen in that regard so uh, we'll keep an eye on fields I mean I I too want him to be better than what I think he might be uh, but again this is a, a really good example of teams just just hurting their young guys right like yep not just not giving them enough and a guy that could be fringe where it's like 
yeah, maybe he doesn't have quite enough skill to to do it on his own. There's not many guys who can do it on their own, and it does come down to helping your guys. And you can only push that envelope so far, and that changes the way a guy plays. It changes the way a guy thinks on the field, and it sucks. It sucks, and, and there, I hope he can uh, find something. Their receiving core is, is – I mean, it's embarrassing. Like, I don't know how else to put – it's embarrassing. Like, a, a, Equinamia St. Brown is playing like 80% of snaps as like, yeah. you know, like they just, they, they truly don't outside their running game has been decent, but like outside of their running game, you know, for, in terms of him throwing the ball, I don't think he has a ton of confidence in those guys either. And I think that, that, you know, that has him sort of double clutching and, and not seeing stuff that he should. So it's tough all around. It is tough. I, I don't exactly know where it's going for anybody in Chicago because they're going to draft another quarterback that you're going to give up on fields and pick another quarterback. And it's like, OK, you're going to bring like Stroud or Bryce Young into that. How's it going to get better? Like what what is yeah. there to make it better? I don't know. Um, last two here. Um, Baker Mayfield and Carolina, they're also on a terrible pace like Baker is. Again, this is not meant to be a week of tearing down Baker, but he's playing among the worst football in the NFL right now. He's he's a. Uh, He's dead last in QBR. He's second to last in quarterback grade, only ahead of Justin Fields right now. So is it going to get better for them, or do you see that crashing and burning quickly? Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I will, I can be labeled a Baker hater, and that's fine. I've watched a good amount just for my own personal interest. I watched some games for some fantasy interest. I do have Christian McCaffrey in a league, so... I've watched a good amount of Panther, you know, and they played the Browns, obviously, week one. So I've watched a good amount of Panthers football. Yep. You know, Jake, he's healthy, but he's doing the exact same stuff. I mean, it's, it is, it is actually very, it's, it's a little refreshing to have a more of a zoomed out view and not be so, you know, week to week and what he's saying in the media and all that stuff and, and just watch him play. And you're just like, yep. I mean, he's, he's double clutching. He's bailing out of the pocket early he's missing throws and it just it was the most baker game ever last week against the saints because i think he what in the third quarter or whenever that touchdown pass happened he had he had like 60 yards passing and then he throws like a little five yard swing pass and lavisca chanel turns it into a 70 yard touchdown and so his you know he finishes the day with like 150 yards but like if you take out that touchdown just brutal man i mean now they they also outside of McCaffrey like just don't really I mean I guess they have DJ Moore and you know so maybe I take that back DJ Moore is a, is a very good player um you know Robbie Anderson can be a deep threat and stuff but like he's just again Jay he's not seeing the field he's doing that like when I see him pat the ball and bring it down because he doesn't want to throw it yet you're just like man this is just like deja vu and he's healthy now and it's just the same stuff. So yeah. I I don't have – I have no confidence, Jake. I mean, after last season and then seeing him, you know, he, you know, quote, unquote, he's he's right, he's healthy, and he's just sort of doing the same stuff. It's hard for me to believe that it's going to get any better for him there. I'm with you. I have a lot of the same feelings uh, with with all of that. I, I don't I don't really – it's nice to be zoomed out, not, not invested in it and not really caring yep. about – uh, the decisions and what comes of all those decisions uh, and, and trying to be like defending it a little bit. It's nice. It's not, it's not as tiring. Last one. Um, Lamar having, you know, by all accounts, everybody is, uh, he, you ended the season today as your MVP He's accounting for a ridiculous amount of the yardage that, that they put up. He's had two straight hundred yard games. He's 10 to, is he fully back this year? Is this the version of him? He's obviously continues this pace. He's going to break the bank, you know, for somebody, whether that's Baltimore or somebody else, but, but is he, uh, 
is he is this the full realized version of him that that is uh, going to be on full display moving forward is he the uh, mvp if you if you had to if you had to vote right now yeah i think so man he's terrifying when he's like this because he's throwing it man he's slinging it like he's he's thrown some passes this season that are just you know pinpoint stuff on the move like some of the balls he's thrown to mark andrews have just been gorgeous um I, you know he's not I know week one, he didn't run a ton. Like he only had like 17 rushing yards. So it's not even like, you know, a couple of these games, it's not even like he's rushing for 200 yards, you know, and that's where a ton of their offense is coming from. Like he's been sitting in the pocket and he's been making some really, really good throws. And I think the most fair criticism of him was that he just wasn't, he wasn't the caliber of passer that, you know, could once you get to the playoffs was going to be able to do enough, you know, to really make them a threat. And if he's going to be able to throw like he has, you know, they got a big game against the Bills. I'm, I'm hyped for this game against the Bills. I think that, that should be a blast, and we'll, we'll see what he can do against a, a really good team and a really good defense there. But, yeah, man, I mean, this is – I think this is Lamar at his at the top of his game. Um, and it's unfortunate he's in the same division as the Browns uh, because he's really, really good. Um, you know, their weapons are still, like, especially on the outside, are still a little questionable, but – hasn't really seemed to matter so far. Every time I look up at the screen, it's like Duvernay is catching a deep bomb for a touchdown. So you're just like, well, all right, I guess Devin Duvernay is doing this. So, um, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, it's it's scary what he's doing right now. And um, I, I think, yeah, he's definitely front runner for MVP. And it's really the throwing that, that stood out to me. Yeah, they seem to have an addition by subtraction thing there without Hollywood Brown, where it's like yeah. there's a lack of – uh, needing to force feed people to football and all that. That just happens that way. Sometimes it's weird in the NFL when it happens that way, but it, it does, it can happen from time to time where you just, you just find a way to be better uh, without some of those, some of those guys that demand the football. You, you find yourself just playing through the system, right. And finding people who are open. I know we all had that with Odell and, and I don't think that was necessarily the case with Odell as it's playing out in front of us now, but um, it is worth, worth talking about one sentence or less bonus question, Josh, Mc, Josh McDaniels. Is this, is this is this is this gonna blow up like okay uh, we'll, we'll put it this way over under two years for josh mcdaniels that's the question oh and three raiders right now Ooh. oh i love that i'm going only under. a sentence he's going under why i'm going under i i don't know man i just one i just don't love the dude in general like as a as a person that i that we've seen like from I, and again, man, it's just like this New England coaching tree. Like it just doesn't, there's not a lot of positive reviews from it under, you know, guys coming out under Belichick that go on to coach. There's just, there's not great stuff from it. And, you know, if you're having a closed door meeting with your owner, Jake, after three games, like where, where the only place that leads to is you getting fired eventually and sooner than later. Like, I just don't think. I don't know, man. I, I just don't feel like it's something that's going to get turned around. I think like the Gruden stuff, like just really imploded that whole organization. And I, I don't know if they fully recovered from that yet. I have no idea if Josh McDaniels is a good head coach. His track record said he's not, you know, but that was such a long time ago. Everybody's like, oh, let him give him another chance. Well, you know, here we are. So, um, you know, they lost to a what I think is a fairly bad football team this year. Maybe not bad. It's strong, but like the Titans are pretty average at the moment so I um yeah I don't know man I don't it's it's just like it's the Raiders and I just feel like it's not going to end well uh, so I'm going under okay fantastic one sentence answer from Jordan on that one uh, as we <laughs> as we close out look around the league yeah. I'll give you another chance to uh to go into a bit of a swan song because they the like give me your early impressions of Atlanta because we're not gonna spend a ton of time on them yet uh and I'll, I'll dig into them a little later in the week but 
I think people presume this is a really bad football team when I think Arthur Smith has that offense playing really good football. Now the defense is suspect, but it is a it is a it is a scary offensive opponent. Even with Mariota quarterback, they're doing some fun stuff, man. So I saw them in person um, against the Rams wow. uh, two weekends ago. I got to uh, I got to go see them play the Rams at SoFi, and what started out as a blowout, they they almost came all the way back. Um, they were actually down twenty eight to three. Everybody was talking about it. You know, they almost came back from a twenty eight to three deficit, which would have been some fun irony there. But um, no, I mean, I think I saw Nate Tice tweeting about it today about how Arthur Smith is doing some of the most fun and imaginative stuff on offense of any head coach in the league. Um, now, you know, Marcus Mariota, I think has has struggled, um, and I think they're trying to make the game as easy for him as possible, but. First of all, I don't know if people are aware of how well Drake London is playing, the rookie wide receiver they they took out of USC. Um, kind of playing out of his mind for a rookie. Um, had a touchdown against the Rams when I was there. Um, is, is just playing really well. I think another guy who's like target share is through the roof, and he's he's just – they're making a real effort to get him the ball, and he's really flourishing there. And then, you know, there's – I think Cordero Patterson had a rest day today. There was some talk like, oh, he's on the injury report, but I, I think it was just a veteran's rest day. They've turned him into a – I mean, they've fully unlocked him as a running back, and it's it's pretty amazing to watch. Um, but he's a legitimate weapon um, that they use, you know, out of the backfield, and they do fun stuff with him. They run a lot of kind of like read option stuff with Marcus Mariota too. Like, it's a, it's a really fun offense. Now, Mariota may not be able to execute it to the to the level that I think Arthur Smith would want. And I, I have a feeling, you know, we're, we're closer to Desmond Ritter time than – than we may think. Um, but they've got some, I mean, they've got some legit weapons. Like Kyle Pitts finally had a good game. They weren't able to get him the ball the first few weeks of the season. And last week it, it, it felt like they started to make an effort too. So, I mean, they've got real weapons, Jake, on the outside there um, and, and with their running back. Now their defense is very suspect. <laughs> their defense is very exploitable. Um, so I think that they have the them, worst run defense in the league as of three games. So that shouldn't it's make brutal. I mean, yeah. Matt Stafford has not really played well except against Atlanta. He so um, they tore they tore them up, especially in the first half. So, uh, but no, offensively, I mean, the Browns' defense is going to have to be. You know, I actually, I had the Browns defense in fantasy. I, I actually dropped them this week because I, I don't feel comfortable playing them against Atlanta. Like, that's how I think people are unaware, yeah, of how scary and how legitimately good um, Atlanta's offense is. So it's it's going to be, you know, it's on the road. It's going to, it'll be a harder game than I think maybe fans expect for the Browns. So, um, no, I, I think Arthur's doing some really, really fun stuff with sort of like what he has with Mariota and trying to make the game easy for him and do things that he does well. Um, but they've got a, you know, if, if Ritter is good or if they, you know, find a quarterback that can really step in and play well, like that offense is, could be scary in a couple of years. Yeah. That's a pretty good start to a lot of the discussion around the Falcons. Uh, I'll, like I said, I'll pick that up throughout the remainder of the week, but they, uh, what you need to know is that their offense is fun at the minimum. They're doing some really fun stuff on that side of the football. So um, enough that it makes you uncomfortable thinking about how they're going to stop them with the way the Browns <laughs> defense is played. So um, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I do want to give you a fair warning. If you are only interested in Cleveland Browns and NFL uh, discussion, this is uh, this is probably the end of the podcast for you because we're going to go into some detail about the Guardians and the Cavs who have some fun. It's got a chance to be a really fun time in Cleveland sports. So uh, we want to go into that. So like I said, no harm, no foul. If you want to dip out of the pod now, Feel free, but otherwise hang around. After the break, we're going to have some fun discussion on 
what could be two fun teams uh, coming coming to Cleveland here in the next two sports seasons? Well, the one is already in the thick of it. Uh, we're we're talking Guardians, and they're in the uh, you know the playoffs are um, right around the corner. So we'll be right back, and we'll have some discussion around some Cleveland sports. So hopefully, you stick around. Talk to you soon. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Okay, Jordan, sell me on why the Cavs are coming out of the East this year. I think I think it's like... To me, is it all about Mobley, Mobley's next step? Is it is it him becoming like a super, you know, I hate Simmons, but sometimes a super duper star is like a real thing. I think that's actually as corny as it sounds. It's a good way to put it. There are superstars, but then you can you can have these guys who are uh, upper echelon above everybody else. And he tries to call him the next Tim Duncan, stuff like that. I mean, there, there's the muscle mass he's put on. He looks like he's going to be in a better spot to be a leader. Is it all about him? Because we know what Garland is. We know what Mitchell is. We have a good feel for most of these guys, but it feels like the guy who's got this unknown next step is Mobley. And if he's if he's like a true year two leap guy, you're talking about a team that could win the East, especially with Boston's weird coaching situation and Kyrie's Kyrie. And, you know, the Bucks are sort of always just relying on Giannis and they seem to have a nice matchup for Giannis. So is that it? Is it just Mobley or do you think there's more to it? No, I think I think a lot of it is definitely Mobley um, because I think there is a there's definitely an expectation that he's he's going to take a leap, and I think you heard a lot of the Cavs players at media day talk about like how how I think they use locked in a lot uh, over the mm-hmm. off season. There's a great story that um, I think Brian Windhorst told um, after the Cavs drafted Evan Mobley, and he texted. Um, one of the assistant coaches like the next day and was like, can you send like weights to my house? Like I want to start working out. Like he just is, he seems like he just works. Um, and that's terrifying if you're an opponent because he already has this sort of unicorn skill set. Um, he's going to get better at shooting threes. He can handle the ball. He's already got a really nice mid range game. Um, so yes, he, he definitely is sort of like the crux of, how high the cap ceiling can be. But I would also say that like for as good as Darius Garland was last season, I would expect him to continue to get better because he really has played so little basketball since college. I, I think, you know, most people know he played, I think five games at Vanderbilt before he had a season um, ending injury. And then, you know, he's, he's been in and out of the lineup. He had his back issue a little bit last season. Now he was an all-star and played a, a handful of games, but he still missed some time. Like he just has not played, as much basketball as a guy, you know, going into year four um, usually does. So like, I think he has a chance. I'm, I'm as high on Garland as, as anyone. And I think he has a chance to take uh, another step forward. Um, and then I think, you know, obviously we know what Mitchell can do offensively, but I think like the Cavs having another guy 
like that, that can take the scoring load off Garland, that can take some of the creation load off Garland, like that is going to do wonders for them too. So I think you're definitely spot on. Like the Mobley thing I think is going to affect how high their ceiling can go. But I do think like there's still going to be some step ups from, from guys like, from, from guys that you may already think are pretty established, like, like Garland. And I'm really excited for, for that leap too, because they could be really, really scary if some of these guys, you know, take, take even a small step forward. So it, it's a really fun group. Yeah. I want to get your opinion on them because man, they have, <laughs> I think above all else, it's just great to have, listen, I'm, I'm kind of a great litmus test for a lot of this stuff. Cause I pay attention, but how much I get into certain things in Cleveland sports outside of football, because of how much it eats my time is really dependent on how, much effort I think ownership or a front office puts into building it. And I, you know, the Cavs have, have slowly brought us all back some of those fringe folks. And it's really nice. I think the biggest thing for me, Jordan, is it's really nice to have hope post LeBron. And I think there was hope last yep. year. It started to fester and it's like, okay, we see where these guys can go, even though they fizzled out because of the Allen injury at the end of the year, all of that totally understandable, uh, grueling, you know, and you're young too. You got to learn, right. You got to, bunch of young guys you got to figure out what it takes to finish a season all of that stuff but to to do the the all-in move all-in move here is just it's it's awesome it's awesome it's got a lot of fun and it's like you know hey we don't need to who cares where lebron goes next at 38 right like that part of it's really exciting to me to 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 think like these guys are independent of that now and listen i love lebron it's my favorite athlete of all time it's not it's not that it's just Hey man, you got to move on eventually. And to have all these young guys and Garland's, I love Cleveland. This is home. And, you know, to have Garland and Jose Ramirez, who we're going to talk about in a second, both say that like, this is, this has a chance. If you know, the Browns can continue to figure some things out. It's like, okay, you can see that this has a chance, not calling it a chance to be a Boston city, whole city type of run where you have uh, championship contenders in, in all of your, your major sports. So it's really exciting. It's really exciting. And the Cavs have me locked into the NBA this season, which has not been a, a thing for me since the breakup of the group that we saw win that title in 16. So that's fun. I want your guardians take, man. Like I, I think I'll give you mine and you can, you can build off of it and see if we feel the same way. It is an awesome story. Such an awesome story. I'm, I'm totally invested. I've been invested for a long time. Although I haven't been able to watch as many games as I want because they just Valley sports can't figure this thing out with YouTube TV. And it drives me crazy. Um, first world problem complaint there, but like, uh, you know, I'm just, to me, it's like, this is an awesome story, but Hey man, the Astros are still in the AL. The Yankees are still in the AL. And it's hard for me to think that the guardians are going to be able to go toe for toe for a five, seven game series with those teams. That doesn't mean that this wasn't, this isn't, and I'm not trying to say, I hate, I don't want to sound like a guy saying the season's over before it's over, but you, you know, I think your expectations, like, for example, my expectations with the 18, um, you know, the 18 team that won a hundred and what they went 105, something like that. That team was like, Hey, win a world series. The year before that was kind of a joy ride. Uh, and was it 17 or 16? I can't remember which year it was, but that was like a little bit more of a, a serendipitous thing where it all kind of came together and worked out. But I haven't had real expectations for the guardians in the playoffs since, that hundred win team with the was the twenty three wins they had in a row that season. So this one's the same for me. I'm not expecting much in the playoffs, but for them to get there, given how young they are and how many great stories they have, it's in a really exciting time, man. Like a really exciting time in general because it's all these young talents. And the thing that I think that they don't have enough young talent around, uh, I guess proven talents are pitching, but they always develop it. So like the police acts, Quantrills, and some of those guys maybe fizzle out but they will develop. They always develop pitching. I always worry about the development of bats. And it seems like they have so many 
good young bats that are going to continue to come through the system. And it's like, you can kind of see, I remember talking with my brother-in-law back then when they went to the world series and lost about how long is this window going to last? I think I see a really long window to be a very, very competitive baseball team. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, a couple of things to your points. Like one, it is, it is such a fun team. I think I tweeted this earlier in the season. Um, it's one of the most connected team, like guardians slash Indians teams that I've, I've felt connected to in a, in a long time because I mean, it's almost all homegrown, you know, most, almost all of the guys that comprise their roster right now, they drafted um, and they brought up through the system like Stephen Kwan. Um, now, you know, to be fair, they got Ahmed Rosario and um, Andres Jimenez in, in the Lindor trade, but then, you know, you've got Oscar Gonzalez. Um, you've got like all these guys that are coming up, you know, Nolan Jones was up here for a little bit. Uh, he'll probably be up here next season. Um, you know, you look Even at like, like Naylor. They, yep. the, 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 they win trades. So yeah, they, they're not, yes. but they're getting guys that they had to figure out whether they were going to be good or not to your point there. Even, you know, all so many of these guys date that way. Even Kluber back in the day, like they traded for him. It's, it's fascinating how good they are at this. And it's just like, they deserve a series, man. They deserve one of these. Absolutely. And they just play in such a, you know, they, they literally play as the sort of antithesis to what, you know, baseball has sort of trended towards, which is just like, you know, home runs, power hitting, launch angle, that type of stuff. And, and how offenses changed in that way. Like they're just a bunch of guys that are hitting singles and doubles and occasionally triples, you know, but they just, they string them together and, and they drive you insane with what they do on the base paths and they're super aggressive stealing bases and going from first to third. And yeah, man, I mean, it's been a, it's been a blast. And I, I think too, like, you know, it's, it's, they're playing with house money. That's the thing with these playoffs. Like I, I think they can I think they will win their wild card series because they're probably going to play the Seattle Mariners and like the Mariners are fine. Um they have some talent, they have some good pitching, but like all three games if it comes to that are in Cleveland. So that's the little wrinkle this this year. The uh they'll play, you know, they'll play the last the worst of the wild card winners, um which right now are the Mariners and then and they get all three of those games at home. Um so I I feel really good about them winning that series and then if they if they won they would play the Yankees and then you're just like okay well then it's really house money you know then you're just like it's it's the Yankees who have scuffled in the second half but are still an incredibly gifted offensive team and have really good pitchers and then you're like whatever so um I I'm I'm good with whatever happens in the playoffs but you know to your point about even next season the reinforcements and some of the younger guys that they're going to be able to call up you know they I think a lot of people know about Josh Naylor's younger brother, Bo Naylor, who's a, who's a catcher in, in AAA and has had a, a massive year. Um, he's mashing home runs. He's really, yeah, you know, two years ago, I guess he struggled. Um, or one last year, I should say he really struggled, but now he's, he's completely like turned it around and he's going to be a huge asset for this team to add next season. And they've like got a pitchers down 20 there. home run, 20 stolen yep. base guy, which is the last catcher yep. in the bigs to do that was Pudge like the late nineties, I think. You know, yeah. no, I mean, I don't know that off the top of my head, but, you know, <laughs> no, he's he, he seems to be really, really good. They've got another guy, George Valera, who's um, a really highly touted prospect, a power bat. Like, you know, the one thing they're lacking right now, Jake, is power. Like they just don't have a power guy. And I think, you know, it's nice that they are able to sort of string lots of hits together. But I think moving forward, they're still going to need a couple of power bats in that lineup. And if, you know, if Bo Naylor is a guy like that, if this George Valera is a guy like that, like they have just a wealth of talent below um, and they've got a couple of pitchers that are going to come up and, and fortify the rotation. Like 
yeah, they should be, this is the opening of a window that should last, you know, fingers crossed for, you know, four or five years. You really feel like that and, and hope that's the outcome. So yeah, don't, you know, don't feel, you know, if they got swept by the Yankees or something in the second round, you, know, you can kind of still feel really, really good about, you know, where this team is headed because they should hypothetically be, be even better, way better <laughs> next season if they get some consistent power bats because then you don't have to rely on, on multiple hits in every inning to get guys across the plate, which when they've had some sort of like down offensive downswings this season, you know, is because of that, because guys go cold and nobody can just hit a three run Homer and, and not worry about it. So um, no, nah, man, there it's been a blast. I can't wait. I just, I just got my, my dad and I are going to go to the, the opening playoff game on uh, I think it's October 7th. So I can't, I can't wait, man. It's going to be great to be back in that stadium with a playoff crowd. I love it, man. It's going to be a blast. I, I will say, I have to ask, like, which which team, you know, because once the, the the Browns get Watson back, there's potential to be really fun there. I mean, they could, they could compete with anybody, it would seem like. Is is there one of these three that you think has the highest ceiling of all of them? Like, which one do you think, if you had to put money on one of these teams winning a championship, which one are you putting it on? Oh, that's a great question. Man, I think they're going to all three have a chance. It's just it's, absolutely it's, it's going to be it's going to be so fascinating to watch some of these things develop. It is. I think I, I'm going to say the Cavs and I'm going to say that because what you what you mentioned about Mobley, because if Mobley turns into what Anthony Davis is, but he's healthy and he's better <laughs> then it's like, then you're going to have a real, real problem playing the Cavs as, as they move forward. And they're all so young that that's another thing where their window should be open for a handful of years too. So I actually think, I think the Cavs, also because of the Nate man, the NFL and, and even baseball to a larger extent is just so, can be so fluky and can be, the playoffs can be so fluky when you get a team that's just hot, you know, it's, and you know, the NFL, it's one game. So if you don't come out and play well, you're done. Um, so I, I think with the, with the NBA and it's still, you know, best, best out of seven. And it's really the better team that comes out of it. I think, I think the Cavs really have a shot to be one of those better teams and, and make a run. So I'm going to go with the Cavs. That's a great question though. I think I probably would lean Cavs too. Not that the others can't, it's just still like the Bengals getting to the Super Bowl last year was so weird to me. Um, yep. it's just like the Browns making a Super Bowl would be. I, I think that would be the ultimate like twilight zone moment for me. I just think it would just so it's so weird. It seemed like something that could never be reached. So I have a hard time seeing your banking on the Browns and your point about baseball variances. Is, it's so accurate. It is so weird. Baseball is just so unexplainable and you never really know. Uh, you know, we could be up three, nothing. And all of a sudden things just the weird tide shift. So I'm with you on that one. Cavs feel like the NBA, the Warriors are obviously still pretty dang good, but they're, certainly fallible right i certainly don't see them as the invisible group that they were uh, after you know kevin's last run right so i yeah. think that if you can figure some things out and put the right pieces around add a couple wings and uh guys that are three and d guys like and maybe a coro takes another step you're, you're you, you can see it you can really see it so um yeah fun fun discussion man really good time to be a cleveland sports fan put it that way because it's uh there's a lot of there's a lot of bright stuff on the horizon here, and I, I think everybody should be pretty excited to see where it's going. I know I am, so um, I wanted to bake in some of that discussion before the NBA season gets here and before uh, postseason kicks off, just because there's so many fun things to to talk about there. So, Jordan, I appreciate your time, man. This was a ton of fun as usual. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, this was great. Glad we got to talk a little 
Guardians and Cavs because they they deserve some love too. But yeah, man, it should be it should be actually a really fun game against Atlanta. Somebody tweeted that like it's going to be an an all twenty two watchers dream. You know, it's Kevin Stefanski versus Arthur Smith. So it should be it should be you know hopefully the Browns come out and they win. Um, but it should be just a fun game to watch if you enjoy, especially offensive football and and just like you know offensive design and and that type of thing. So it it should be a ball. It should be. It really should. And that's our boy Brown's alchemy. That's uh, Joe Hayden Nation. Oh, there it is. Right now, that's him. The, the shout out. I don't know what your name is, man. You keep it under wraps. Uh, we have great football discussion. I think you listen to this pod quite a bit. So shout out to you. That is a great point. It should be a really fun game to watch back, talk about, and have some banter on once we uh, get some get some results from it. So uh, Jordan, we'll touch base next week, man. Hopefully, have some more crazy NFL plots to to discuss, which I'm sure we will. And um, you know, we'll continue to do these on on uh on thursday i think there's fun and just looking around the nfl and seeing what the trends are and talking about that to, to just break up some of the constant cleveland discussion that we have so shout out to jordan for joining today you guys for being here always appreciate you stopping by and listening to a pod uh, that we do here at the obr film breakdown so thanks to you and uh yeah we'll be back next week same time uh, same channel with jordan we'll be back tomorrow with john colosimo and then obviously into the weekend with a Falcons guest in our game day show as well. So keep, keep tuning in. I appreciate your support as usual. Thanks guys. And go Browns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.